You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. Jeremy Renner returns to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance, avoid a war. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town, and they brought the flag. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You're going to find out. Mayor of Kingstown. New season streaming June 2nd, exclusively on Paramount Plus. I think that that initially, uh, kind of the, the the responsibility was on the coaching staff to kind of kind of lead them through, you know, that that adversity. And then, you know, once they got their feet back underneath them, you know, they were able to to clearly, you know, make a decision. And the decision that they made is, you know, we're going to to work every single day with purpose to make sure that uh, that we turn the tragedy into a triumph. Play football game, football again is a blessing. You know, being that with the tragedy we had, it made you really reflect and think that. Any day could be your last day. So I feel like the whole team in general is just really falling in love and just taking every day, day by one, and just really having fun with it because you never know when your last snap going to be. So I feel like just that mentality the whole spring is just what's been driving us every game, every day to just be the best version of ourselves. It was really tough when we went through that, but the greatest thing about it was we came together as a team. And, you know, a lot of us were sad, a lot of us were down, but we rallied together. And it felt great to have your brothers next to you the whole time. So I, I really just think that it brought us closer as a team and we're more focused on playing for Lavelle, Devin, and Deshaun. There were certainly a lot of emotions at Scott Stadium for the first game for Virginia in front of fans since those tragic events in November. Hi, I'm Jack Franchuli for the good old podcast and Wahoo's 24-7. And as you can see, I'm joined by Greg Medea from the Daily Progress. And we're here to talk about spring football. Uh, Greg, you know, we're going to talk actual football here, but we can't start talking about the spring game without addressing the emotions behind this game. You saw immediately when these players arrived on Scott Stadium and just walking and seeing that end zone written with UVA Strong, Lavelle Davis, Devin Chandler, Deshaun Perry, emotions were high for these young men. Yeah, no, no doubt, Jackie. And thanks for having me. And I, I think... You know, for, for everything the program had been through, Saturday was just such a, a a feel-good day because they were back in front of their fans, back together playing. Uh, and, you know, it, it took them time to get to that point where they could enjoy, have fun, remember, and and also play for uh, their, their their former fallen teammates. So uh, it, it was it was a really good overall day for 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 the program to be back uh, and, and and have that moment, have that that triumph back as Tony Elliott often says uh and and of course the the highlight was Mike Holland scoring a touchdown uh and and, and then going to place the ball on on Deshaun Perry's name uh which was painted in the back of the end zone on the back line uh just a really really nice moment nice tribute uh and, and heartfelt right it, it's taken a lot for this this program to come back and to get to a point where where it could have 
uh, a celebration and an honoring uh, while also playing a game. Yeah, uh, Coach Elliott at the end of the game was saying they wanted to turn tragedy into triumph uh, for Virginia football. And I think the their, their main focus is they're not moving on. They continue to move forward. And even before the game, we saw Deshaun Parrott's family on the field with Will Betridge in the end zone. They, we saw them with Mike Collins. Obviously, Mike Collins is very close with Deshaun Perry's family, like Will Betridge. So it, it was a chance for these men to play for those three angels, as they call them, whenever they say they want to keep their flame lit. So obviously, this was an important moment for them. I think any anyone who was there watching, or even on the broadcast, when Mike Collins scored that touchdown, when he even had the first carry of the game, which was great to see getting a standing ovation, after all the hard work and all the still the recovery that he is doing both mentally and physically, but then seeing his younger brother behind him where Tony Elliott grabbed him and seeing the scoring, the touchdowns, this is the first milestone that we're seeing from them. The first game in Scott stadium. And Greg, we're going to see a lot of these milestones for these players as they approach the season. No doubt. Right. The, the Tennessee game when, when they open things up in Nashville will be, the first game back. And then the week after against James Madison will be the first, you know, game at Scott stadium, not, not, not spring game, but first game at Scott stadium. So each, each time something like that occurs, the, the emotions and the memories will, will resurface uh, for the team and they'll have to deal with that. And I think one thing you, you probably learned just like I did this spring is, is how much tighter the team is together because of, of what they went through, right? There's, there's an appreciation, and I heard the word gratitude a lot this spring from different coaches, different players, uh, and, and what it means to them to be able to play uh, after after going through what uh, what what they had to endure uh, and, and losing teammates and and not being guaranteed right to, to wake up every day right. That's that's what a few players even said this past Saturday. I think it was J.R. Wilson, the wide receiver, said, you know, everybody everybody understood that nothing's guaranteed anymore. Uh, so there, there's been an appreciation to be back out on the practice field and and for, for as monotonous as spring ball can get, right? By practice 9, 10, 11, it's like, all right, you know, get on with it most years. This team did not have that mentality at all. They pushed through and, and were really excited to to be back playing football and doing things, uh, doing some of the things they, they like to do. Elliot had said, you know, that the, the field – is, is the one place where things can kind of become normal again, right? Even though they're without uh, Davis, Chandler, and Perry. For, for the players, it's, it's, it's the chance to, to do what they're, they're at UVA to do. In addition to go to school, it's, it's play football, and that, that can be their escape a little bit. Uh, and you've seen that appreciation throughout the spring. Yeah, for sure. And you saw their smiles out there, and you just saw a team that was more, like you said, unified. Um, you know, the team – the. You know, Des Kitchen said there's more investment out there from their players. There's more buy-in. I think these are all the phrases that we've been hearing a lot from players, from coaches. So, you know, and a lot of them said, like you said, their their appreciation that they get to play this game of football that it's not guaranteed for them. So they showed it out there, and it was it was kind of like what Tony Ellis said. It was turning a triumph. Um, they're showing joy out there. I think oh, one thing that kind of shows this more often than not is J.R. Wilson after he scored a touchdown in the same end zone as UVA strong was written. And those three names were there. He did a snow angel. It was that I feel like if you had a picture that summed it up is having a picture, J.R. Wilson doing a snow angel on UVA strong, that would be the epitome of 
turning tragedy into triumph. Um, but we're um, going to move on to football. Uh, but before we do, we're going to take a quick break. And on the way back, we're going to talk about the quarterbacks because that's what a lot of people are talking about this morning. Also, we're talking about the offense, uh, which group seems to have a lot of competition. And of course, who are the young players stood out? So we'll be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And welcome back to the Good Old Podcast. I'm Jack Franchuli for Wahoo's 24-7. That's Greg Medea from The Daily Progress. And we're talking about the Virginia Spring Game and we're moving on to the football side of things. And obviously the big talking point is the guys under center. So we were expecting to see a lot of Tony Musket, and we did. Uh, he went 11 of 14 for 149 yards and one touchdown. Um, he also rushed for four carries and 28 yards. And I think we were expecting this a little bit from what we saw in the spring practices and what we've been hearing. But Anthony Colandrea didn't act like he was a freshman out there. Uh, he uh, had one touchdown. He had eight. He was 18 for, I'm trying to read this handwriting. It looks like it's 18 for 20. 18 for 29? 18, um, 18 for 29 is what I, what I wrote in my story the other day. So I hope it's 18 for 29. 18 for 29 <laughs> and one pick six at the end when he was trying to uh, get that tie game. And at one touchdown. So these quarterbacks showed a lot for us on Saturday. We we saw an offense that seemed to be more cohesive compared to last spring under the first year of Tony Ellie, where all of them was kind of chill just into the scheme. What was your impression of Tony Musket and Anthony Colandrea, Greg? Yeah, I think I'll start with, with Musket, the Mammoth transfer. What, what what stood out to me was right away Des Kitchings wanted to wanted him to throw the football, four straight throws to start. Uh, the game for Musket. And of course, the fourth one was the long 63 yard touchdown to, to J.R. Wilson. And I think what stood out to me was, you know, that that that's a big play. Didn't see that a whole lot last year from, from Virginia's offense, right, Jackie? It was a, a quick strike, big play. Wilson made a great play on the ball with two handed catch and then shrugged off Tavon Kyle to get in the end zone. Uh, but for me, that that's that's a good sight if you're a Virginia fan. You hadn't seen that last year all that much. Their longest pass play last year was 64 yards, and it was on a a, a throw out to Mike Hollins that that he turned into a long play against Miami. Uh, other than that, you really didn't see the long touchdown pass, and that's something Virginia's hoping to do more of this year. And I think Musket has the the history, the track record to maybe help Virginia improve in that department, assuming. They, they can get the protection. I thought the protection was pretty good in front of Musket 
on, on Saturday, especially as he unleashed that deep ball off play action. Uh, but Musket, you know, last couple of years at Mammoth has thrown a lot of those deep touchdown passes. I was looking it up, and it was eight last year, eight touchdowns of 20 or more yards. The year before, eight touchdowns of 20 or more yards. So it's something he's done consistently uh, throughout his career. And uh, for, for Virginia, probably happy to see it right out of the gate. And then with Calandria, the, the freshman, just impressive. You know, not not to be timid, not to be shy. And <laughs> Jackie, we, we heard all spring about this this Florida swagger, right? What well, is is what Tony Elliott and, and Taylor Lamb, uh, a couple of the other coaches, had said about Calandria, and and he he looked good. I thought he was sharp. Uh, he didn't have the long touchdown pass like Musket did, uh, but consistent uh, consistent chemistry uh, with with what Malachi Fields, Jaden Gibson, another young player. Uh, so impressive debut there for Calandria too. Yeah, he had a lot of moxie. That's what Taylor Lamb said, and we got to see it. Yeah. Um, and I, well, Musket did show his cannon of an arm, which he's appropriately named for. What Calandria saw, he was also being able to sustain drives. We saw Virginia stay on the field a little bit longer, which obviously will help the defense in the long term as well because they won't be as gassed uh, on the field. So we were able to see that. We were able to see him really extend drives with his legs. Um, and kind of evade pressure. And we saw Tony Musket being able to command the offense pretty good for a newcomer. From what looks like, like he's, yeah. he's very at ease in the playbook. We, we, we asked him after the game. He seems to be pretty comfortable with what is expected from him and the playbook and his chemistry with the team. And it, it was showing. It was definitely a, an offense that was more cohesive. Um, it's hard to evaluate a lot with the O-line, although we did think it was a little bit better at pass protection. But because the quarterbacks aren't really live and the D-line didn't have their first starters out there a lot of them were gone but from just a little bit that we saw it one we saw more than five healthy offensive linemen out there in the spring game which we didn't see last year and we also saw that there you can see some cohesiveness on that line so um a lot to like there as we've seen progress which is what we wanted to see in the spring game from the offense on the you know on the flip side what we also saw too was competition there are certain positions that there's going to be some hefty competition for playing time and I think you can you can point to the running back room as a prime example of that when we looked at the game obviously Mike Collins got a lot of reps we saw Paris Jones get reps we saw Kobe Pace we saw Cody Brown and actually Xavier Brown really only touched the ball in the second half uh, in the ground game so you've got a lot of competition there and that's not even touching on Ahmad Faustin who is coming back from an injury and didn't participate in the spring and the two freshmen running backs that are coming in in the summer Greg this is a loaded room you didn't even mention the star running back from this past saturday's game, right. jack greasy <laughs> so yeah that that run that running back he had two touchdowns a 35 yarder and eight yarder i i don't know how much he'll factor into the running back competition come fall but maybe he can appear on special teams for virginia if the who's can get him uh, get him to play and contribute in that fashion but as far as the running back room it, it's deep right when we've known that going into the spring for Virginia is, is that that group is going to have enough talent uh, to, to make some plays and maybe help Virginia be consistent. What we had heard throughout the spring uh, from coaches was, was that Kobe pace maybe added a dynamic. They didn't have the last, last season. And that, that's a big play threat has the ability to break the long touchdown run. And I think with, with those different skill sets, Virginia has in the running back room, 
uh, it'll it'll be uh, a place where you know probably what three or four of them see regular action. I don't think it's a I don't think it's a position group that lends itself to, to having the the feature bell cow running back like you saw a decade ago. I think with the way college football is now, you need multiple running backs, uh, especially with how how taxing that position can be. And with Paris Jones's experience, Mike Hollins is. Uh, inspiration, right? It's clear he, he's the guy that, that kind of inspires everybody on that roster right now. Uh, you talk about Kobe Pace and the, and the home run ball, and then if, and then Xavier Brown, who flashed last year as a freshman, and his ability not only to carry the football but catch it out of the backfield too. I, I think there are roles there for 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 a number of different backs to see regular action, uh, and and it'll play out during during August training camp. Uh, but but right now, I think I think. Virginia has to be happy with its depth at running back, and maybe it can lend itself to a little more success in the run game uh, come come this season. Yeah, and then it's uh, it'll be interesting to see if uh, Xavier Brown maybe ventures into the slot too. Uh, you know, as yeah. he is a is a good pass catcher, so that might be an option there. And so that goes into my next question because although the running backs, there wasn't a lot of questions there. Just who might get the ball? In the linebacker room and on defense, we had two positions that lost a lot of veterans. Obviously, they were losing two all-ACC corners in Fentrell Cypress and Anthony Johnson, but they also lose all-ACC leading tackler in Nick Jackson. But, Greg, when I looked at that linebacker room, and that's without Josh Ahern being available for the spring game, it, it was you look at that depth, and it's actually very good. Um, James Jackson is obviously a veteran, but then you look at youngsters like Trey McDonald and Stevie Bracey, Two second years, uh, Trey McDonald redshirted last year. He led the team, the blue team, in tackles with 10, while Stevie Bracey had eight leading uh, for the um, white team. When you see those two and what they could bring, I mean, I'm not too worried about that linebacker room. No, I, I think with Nick Jackson, your concern, in addition to production, right, he, he did have three straight seasons with 100-plus tackles, was the leadership. and. To, to be frank, John Rodzinski, defensive coordinator, kind of squashed that uh, fear about losing leadership. He said, you know, there, there's another Jackson named, named James, and and he he's done a really nice job and has shown all the qualities uh, of leadership that you'd expect from an inside linebacker. Uh, I don't think that was a slight at Nick Jackson. I just think it's it's confidence. It's projecting confidence into, into uh, a linebacker who they're going to need leadership from. In, in James Jackson, as far as talent goes, he he's get he he's gotten better since last season. More reps, more experience, uh, and and I expect he'll he'll probably be a starter. And then they'll get contributions from Bracy, uh, McDonald, and and I would think Josh Ahern too coming back uh, when he gets when he gets fully healthy and is ready to go in the fall. Uh, so I think with with those two young linebackers, Bracy, I think he benefited. Right, he, he's a full year into the program was here. Uh, in, in the spring of 2022, uh, he, he knows what to do. He knows what's expected of him. McDonald, uh, I think, <laughs> probably sensed after Nick Jackson left that there'd be there'd be some opportunity for him, uh, and and he could factor in. Uh, and I think he, he spoke about learning from from Nick Jackson and and carrying some of those traits into this season. So it's a group I I think is going to be absolutely fine. Yeah, and it's actually uh, I'm I'm really excited to have Trey McDonald back in the press room, Greg. Uh, he's he certainly gave us uh, some nice uh, quote yeah. uh, about Jameer Carter. Um, although um, for 
I said, I'm going to date myself, but I had Sir Mix a lot in my head as soon as uh, we talked about uh, having uh, Demir Carter's big butt in front of him. He knows no one's going to tackle him. So <laughs> uh, that was uh, Trey McDonald. Uh, if anyone is a listener of the show for a while, he was one of our first guests on the show when we did our new class segment. And him and Stevie Bracey were actually on the same show together. And they're both actually probably the jokesters of the class. So it's uh, funny that they're both in the uh, linebacker room. So excited to see you. Uh, their personality shine this year as well. So, and then that corner, um, that was the other position that we were keeping an eye on. I think there's still a question mark there, how the depth is going to go, because there was a lot of injuries to that group. So we couldn't really assess like Elijah Gaines or anything, but we did get a sense of what Tavon Kyle would bring, Greg. Yeah, I, I, I think the most fans probably saw him getting beat by J.R. Wilson down the field and then uh, shoved, shoved, shoved before the touchdown. I, I think with Tavon Kyle, uh, he's he's going to have to play, right? At this point, he, he's their most experienced corner they have on the roster, having played at Iowa State. He did not start uh, in, in 2022, but has good good experience uh, coming over from, from, from the Cyclones and uh, is someone that, that the Cavaliers believe can, can be a player for them. I still think they need more help than that, right? Will Simpkins had a, had a good spring. He progressed well, uh, but you need more than that after losing – two all ACC corners in, in Fentrell Cypress and Anthony Johnson. I think that's probably the position of concern uh, on defense. If, if you're, if, if you're Virginia right now, right. You, you need, you need some more talent in that room. And then my final question, Greg, is because in the spring game, you're always going to see the young talent kind of shine a little bit. You mentioned J.R. Wilson uh, with his touchdown, but also shrugging off Tavon Kyle there for that touchdown. So showing the added strength that he was able to, to get. Uh, we saw Xavier Brown, who played last year, able to go past a tackle that he probably would have gone down to closer to the end zone. But you saw newcomers, as we mentioned, Anthony Colandrea, we saw Jaden Gibson, we saw Trey McDonald get more significant reps. When you look at all these young guys stepping up, who would you say either surprised you or do you think kind of pointed to as I think this is a guy that's going to have significant reps come the fall? I think it's Jaden Gibson, right? I mean, you look at the receiver position group, Fields and Wilson are probably your, your, your two, along with Malik Washington, if you want to count the inside slot. Those are probably your, your three top receivers. After that, Dameek Starling's in the mix, and, and who knows, right? <laughs> but beyond that, and Jaden Gibson would probably be the next guy. Uh, so I would think Jaden Gibson, he was, you know, he was Georgia's all-time leading receiver, high school all-time leading receiver, set the state record for touchdowns too. I, I think he's going to be in the mix. You, you heard, it, it was funny, like a little bit week after week with, with Gibson throughout the spring, you started to hear a little bit more, whether it was from the coaches or the quarterbacks. And then all of a sudden you see him on on Saturday in a spring game and you're like, wow, all right, he he's someone that, that, is benefiting from enrolling early, uh, understands, just get, gotten to understand the offense at least a little bit, can use the summer to get bigger, stronger, and maybe by August he, he he's in the mix for for, for some reps. Uh, you know, so I, I think he's someone uh, fans should probably be excited about uh, coming off of a really, really good spring. Yeah, and, uh, you know, we, we saw Anthony Colandria trying to get after Jaden Gibson with a throw. Oh, and you're thinking that is the future connection there. Yeah. You know, you're going to see a lot of that in, in the years to come. So, yeah, Jaden is definitely one to watch in the fall, not just at wide receiver, also at special teams, too, as a potential returner no for Virginia. So 
I, I would say if he doesn't get on the field early at wide receiver, he will certainly get it on on special teams. So he's definitely a name to know. And I, I kind of agree with you. He was the one that stood out the most as far as a true young talent. Um, you can talk about Anthony Colandrea, but you would expect uh, Tony Musket to kind of get that QB1, um, although Jay Wolfick will probably uh, say otherwise um, in the fall. But Greg, thank you so much for joining us to kind of break down what we saw in the spring game. Yeah, thanks, Jackie. And if you continue to like what you hear, why don't you go ahead and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. We are available on Spotify, Apple, and many other streaming services. We're also on YouTube. So why don't you go ahead and like this channel, like this video, and click on the bell so that you will get notified whenever we have a new video. So with Greg, I'm Jackie Frenchuli, and I hope you guys have a good rest of your week. Thank you.